Welcome to Humans of Fintech, the podcast where I share the inspiring stories of diverse leaders bringing equity to financial systems through fintech. I'm Nicole Kasperson. In this episode, I hang out with Chris Hewish. He is the president of Exola, a company that, since its founding in 2005, is making it possible for anyone to run their own gaming business, just like they're one of the biggest companies in the world. Basically, Exola accomplishes this by providing the financial tools to game developers and publishers they need to operate and scale, no matter how big or small that they are. And you might be asking me, Nicole, where does fintech fit into this equation? Well, let's start with equity, because the gaming industry, a lot like fintech, is mainly male-dominated. And for example, women make up only 24% of game developers, but 45% of gamers in the U.S. So many women play video games, you have so few a hand in creating video games. And when we give access to financial tools like what Exola is doing, they really level the playing field to more diversity with game developers and then, you know, more different kinds of people like women to be able to actually create games for a diverse population. So anyways, (laughs) off my soapbox. In this episode, Chris and I get into community and how the gaming industry is really like the original niche community and the ways that fintech can help grow and scale this community. We also talk about democratizing access to different industries, right? I mean, fintech can touch every industry possible. And if we can leverage a strong community to be able to give more access to building in different industries via fintech, then, you know, we can actually get a hand in helping make the world a better place. So in this episode, we're going to talk through gaming first, but I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode with Chris Hewish. Enjoy. Chris, thank you so much for joining me on Humans of Fintech. I'm excited to talk about this because honestly, gaming meeting the fintech space is actually a topic I've been so interested in learning more about. And so I'm excited that we're working together so that I had the opportunity to do that and share that with my audience. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me, Nicole. And I really look forward to the conversation. It's an exciting intersection of two great industries. And, you know, I'm happy to take a dive in there. Well, before we get into all of that, I do want to first let my audience learn a little bit more about you. I firmly believe that our our backgrounds and our passions and the things we experience throughout life have an interesting way of leading us to this fintech space. I know I have my own unique story, but what is yours? How does one become the president of a of Exola, of a gaming meets fintech company? I've been in games my entire career. I've been very fortunate in that regard where I was able to turn what was my passion Uh, which was a passion for gaming and for creating, started off designing games and uh, turned that into a career. And then along the way, found out that while I had this passion for the creative side of it, I actually had a real aptitude for the business side of it. And that took me on my journey, evolved from being a creator at companies like Activision to going over to DreamWorks Animation to head up their interactive division, started to work more as a production and producing side, business development side, and really started to see the business from another new angle. And along that way, uh, got into some marketing and helping uh, games go to market, and then back into development, running some studios. So a real journey through all the different elements of making games. And then that brought me to 
uh, the doorstep of Ixola. So I guess like because you were so involved with all of these different pieces of how the gaming industry worked, is that where you kind of were able to connect the dots throughout your career and say, hey, you know, there's a problem here where we're not giving enough access to financial tools for more game developers to create more optionality in games and in, in the space. Yeah, Nicole, I'll be honest, prior to really taking a look at what Exolo was doing, I was very similar to many, many other people in the games industry. I simply wasn't really thinking about the fintech side of it or you know that piece of the, the business. I was really focused on the creative and the go-to-market strategies and working with gamer communities. But I never really had spent much time thinking about how do those communities actually engage with, with their games beyond sort of the tier one you know, options of major credit cards and PayPal. And when I started talking with Exola, one of the things that really excited me about the opportunity, and it was kind of a light bulb moment, is I saw like, wait a minute, you, you work with over 700 payment options around the world. Mm-hmm. I, I know of like four. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I like- what, <laughs> what are you talking about? And, so true. <laughs> and that was just the real, you know, kind of ignorant, yeah. you know, side of me. And my eyes were really opened up to what we estimate to be about 40% of the gaming market globally is simply unable to transact with their favorite games uh, through established third-party platforms or, or whatever platform they may be consuming their game on um, because most local uh, payment methods, especially when you talk about underserved or underbanked communities, uh, their payment methods and options just simply are not integrated into these major platforms. And even if they may want desperately want to transact and, and be part of that, they just simply are unable to. So when I saw that, that that was a problem space, you know, made me feel really ignorant at first and and a bit guilty that I had taken that for granted. But then I really wanted to dive in. And that was one of the main reasons I came over to Exola was to really lean into that, learn more about it from my own personal journey, continuing to learn all about the games industry from all, you know, angles. And this was a completely new angle for me. It's what makes me so excited about the fintech space in general. And I was thinking about this on my way to, to the studio and fintech is, the, is a space that can touch everything, right? It can really transform every industry, whether it's gaming or whether it's small businesses or even the creator economy. You're right though. We're like not as like, even as consumers going about our lives, we don't think about the part where fintech is like interacting with us all the time, you know, from like getting on the bus and paying for it or like whatever it is. So yeah, I, think there's conversation like around that but also just around like the communities that are being built now that fintech is kind of making this like center stage shift into our culture but how has that conversation or like that connectivity been then since you started at exola like kind of having these conversations around like hey if fintech can actually like transform this industry like is it clicking for people today and maybe more so than it was before it is on a number of levels. There's, it's starting to click for people on the, the obvious side, which is just reaching a broader audience, being able to really, especially as games start to sort of mature in established markets and companies are, are sort of forced, right, to start looking outside of their, their sort of core markets. 
they're seeing like the opportunity in, in these other territories around the world and what is actually needed to reach those, those players. But another area that's been really exciting for us over the past year, and when I say us, yes, of course, Exola, but exciting for the broader gaming industry, which is how a lot of companies are starting to, uh, especially in the mobile space, are starting to look beyond just the, the app stores and the platforms and are going direct to consumer. And you also see this in sort of the creator economy where there's an opportunity there as well to go direct. So as these companies are starting to go direct to the players or direct to the creators, they're really unlocking significantly more revenue. I mean, that's been a real exciting thing to watch. And that kind of makes me think about you know, the role that Exola plays in also the user experience, right? Because I don't game nearly as much as I do, but I definitely watch my my partner and he's into it and uh, or I and I have brothers, but I, I have in the past. And honestly, it is one of those things, just like anything, right, that you interact with, where if there is like one piece that is too clunky, I bail. I'm like, nope, this all of a sudden has become too difficult and I no longer want to do this or pay for this or, you know, whatever. But we're also in a time where that that community aspect, you know, like people are so engaged in you know, whatever creator or influencer or whoever it is that they trust or whatever game it is that they have built a community around that they want to make those payments. But alas, right, if it's like too difficult, then I can only imagine like how much fall off, right? Or like how much revenue has been missed because something as simple as like payments wasn't just smooth enough. Absolutely. And just for example, when I mentioned a moment ago about these, how mobile games are starting to spin up their own web sort of web shops or their own communities online, it's much more than just having a shop. It's to your point, once you're able to engage commerce with community and make people feel part of something, they're able to actually generate significantly more revenue per paying user. Uh, not only because the players are more engaged around the store, if it's in, in, a, in sort of a, a web environment where there's a community, sense of community, but also the companies are able to really start to lean into the power of e-commerce when it comes to bundles and promotions and special offers. And then you link that with creators and you have your favorite creators giving special offers to their players. And you can do all of that when you are going direct to the, to the consumer or direct to the player. And that, interestingly, is sort of a leveling up of game commerce that we haven't seen Previously, because game companies, well, in the past it was through retail and then it was through digital third-party platforms. So there really wasn't an opportunity to do a lot of this customized sort of offerings to a, to a player that are also embedded in a much more social and, and community environment. Something I think about often, right? Like we have the maturing technology to help everyone win whether it's the the end user that is experiencing, you know, the game or the payment, right? Or the developer creating it or the fintech provider offering it. Like we have technology so that everyone can have a slice of the pie and have the experience that they, you know, desire and want. And they, and that is something that is like table stakes at this point, right? Like you can't just have something exist, right? Even if these developers want to create shops that are outside of an of the app store, right? It has to be near flawless at this point because the consumer expectation is so high, especially with that personalization, right? Like gone are the days of just like a one size fits all 
strategy, especially in fintech. And fintech companies love to do that. They like love to just in the past, right? Um, oh wait, we'll get together, we'll create it one solution and it should work for like everyone, right? And it's like, ooh, no. So I'm sure you have some insight on that because especially in something like gaming, it's so personal, I feel. So you've kind of had to work to like break some of those barriers as well, I'm sure. Absolutely. I, you know, I think one great example is the evolution of fintech and the awakening of game companies around like, hey, this is a muscle that we really need to develop some expertise in, and it can be better for our players and better for us. Well, one example is if, if you're in charge of your own sort of fintech stack, you can start to get the data around your players completely and use, you can actually leverage fin, fintech to help reduce churn. Maybe you see a player that is potentially going to churn out. Well, you can give a personalized offer to them that not only is it personalized, but maybe you know the market they're in and the pricing can be appropriate for that market to try to retain that user, right? And keep them in. And these are just, I mean, that's just one example of many, many things that you can do that really help to keep your player base intact, make players feel better about the games, generate more for the, the company. And it's kind of a win-win for everybody. And it's also a win when it comes to, you know, the equity of really almost any industry, but going specific with with gaming. I, in In my research on learning more about this, I did, you know, learn like fintech, you know, gaming is a is a largely male dominated space with women making up 24% of game developers, but 45% of gamers in the US. So, you know, women play video games nearly like half, right, of users, but have a few hand in actually creating the game. So, I think that's like another element of what's so cool about what uh, Exola is and and what you're leading here because, you know, you're giving this opportunity for more game developers, big or small, right? To say like, hey, like I could, I can create this or I can, it's almost like storytelling, right? Like when you're creating like a game for someone to have an experience, you're like sharing your story almost in that creative process, which some, as you've been like a heavy hand in the creative side of it, I'm sure you've like felt that and experienced that. Absolutely. And one of the things that I really like about Exola, it's kind of been our mission, is the idea of democratizing the business of gaming. And we want to be able to provide, and look, it's not just us, there's other options out there as well. So I'm not here selling just us, but you know, I do love the, I, the fact that fintech has evolved to the point where it can really level the playing field, where if you have a business, you can stand that up and do business sort of on par, or at least with the same tools that the big companies have. Mm. So for us, we like, we look around and we see with the games industry, you have this great evolution of game engines to develop your games with Unreal and Unity and a host of other engines. You have these distribution platforms that reach massive audiences, all of this. Well, we like to say we provide a business engine that allows you, it's the same way you have a game engine, you know, it, it can really allow you to conduct your business at scale and without having an army of people to, to do that. And to your point, that means that a much larger section of, of or cross section of people can start to bring their visions to life, regardless of what their economic status is, their region, their gender, anything. If they have an idea and a voice, there are now the tools to bring that to market and they, they can it really levels the playing field. Right. And, 
one of the things that we, we see is, is really beneficial for a lot of people is, especially if they have a, they're a good solid voice, is they can start to generate revenue before they've even launched a game by engaging with the community, using fintech to bring in pre-orders and all of this. And it's just one more example of, of a way to help people get their voices out. And I think it also lends itself to the idea of like trust, which is really the other element of creating the community. That is like so fascinating to think about being able, right, for say a, a you know a smaller developer, which is basically a you know like a small business owner if you think about it in a sense, like for them to have a to even be able to start to generate revenue before even launching something or start to build like the hype and do it in a way that maybe is like that brings much more like monetization and value than say trying to hype something on like social media or that type of thing. Yeah, I think that's like a conversation that just isn't like talked about enough that like fintech has this like capability of actually being able to to open up these types of doors, which is just like so, so fascinating to me. Is there a particular event that has like illustrated all of these like trends and changes that we're talking about that maybe makes you really go like, yes, like Ixola is is it and it's working and it's like. And it's bringing, you know, that equity to the space. There certainly are some examples and there's macro things that are happening um, on, on a macro sense. Just this past year, the number of companies that are, are really embracing the direct to consumer ethos and evolving that beyond just, hey, I'm going to put a store online and I want people to go to the store. That, that doesn't work. That's just lazy and it's not really going to work. So we've seen a lot of companies, and it's it's really accelerating, who big companies, small companies, who are really putting up a presence online, regardless of the platform that their game is on, and they're treating it as a good sort of community hub, a good place to really drive the conversation, to develop one-on-one relationships with players, which I love. I've been a fan and advocate of that for a very long time. And to see the power of that in fintech is really cool. That, yeah, if you have a good relationship with, with people, you can start to keep them engaged, understand what it is that they want, create offerings that are meaningful. And then that's just a win for everybody. So I think I think that's that's really, really cool. Please share with us, Chris, some of the folks who have inspired you because, you know, obviously entering like fintech in the gaming space isn't necessarily a conventional path if you think about it. So curious if anyone has helped inspire you to, to get into the space. Absolutely. There have been a number of people the first, and and I know it may sound a little cheesy, but it's the founder of Ixola. He was the one who, when I met with him and started talking about the business, he really opened my eyes to this whole world of fintech, along with the team that he has around him, in particular, our head of commerce, Anton Zelenin. He knows payments and fintech inside and out. So he's been a really good mentor for me in this space where I've been able to bring in the game knowledge. He's got a lot of the fintech knowledge, and it's it's been fantastic. And then beyond that, sort of an unconventional person that I look up to who I think has had a massive impact or potentially a massive impact on the world of fintech and gaming is Tim Sweeney. He's the founder of Epic Games, and he really has had the courage to stand up and challenge sort of what some consider to be monopolies with a lot of different third-party platforms and these platforms are great. They have huge audiences, but he's really taken a stand to try to open them up 
to really democratize fintech across all of those platforms and shift some of the benefits and the power from the platforms to the actual game makers themselves, which I think could have a massive in- impact on fintech by really exposing the concept of fintech and the power of what you can do to all of these companies who so far it's kind of been obfuscated from them. So I think Tim has had a big impact and potentially even a bigger one over the coming years. Yeah, I love that answer because I think a lot of my inspirations and I'm sure lots of you know listeners could relate to this is that my inspirations aren't necessarily always people in the industry, but you know, sometimes the best ideas or the best people or the best inspirations are from places that aren't a part of the industry that you work in. And I actually think it's so beneficial for the fintech industry to be filled with people that come from so many different spaces, even outside of just like finance or tech, because they have this like other view or other experience that they can bring into our space, right? Like sometimes the best idea you could ever have comes from an area you know nothing about, right? But it, it is also awesome to see someone that is so dedicated, right, to, to being able to like spread that, that power, right, if you will, to, to be able to say like, hey, like these are the tools and, and the things necessary that we can do. Because I also think that like the like concept of what fintech truly can be as like this very like revolutionary industry in and of itself isn't so widely known. Like, that's still like a message we have to spread often. I think when a lot of people think of fintech, they're still thinking purely of sort of a margin game. Like, okay, what, what are the margins on transactions and things like that? But it's so much more. And that's what's been amazing about working at Exola is really having my eyes opened to what more it is. And what I mean by that is it's it's the ability to really get a deeper relationship with your customer start to offer a much broader range of whether just offerings, I know that's redundant, but whether it's bundles or packages or customized things that you can give to players, just how FinTech can unlock the ability to engage. This is more succinct. FinTech can unlock the ability to engage with your customers in so many ways. And through that, you generate not only a much closer relationship with those players, but much higher returns. And that's really where I think the power of it is, at least for me, that's what's exciting. It's funny because like FinTech, right, starts with just the financial services industry in itself and circling back to even like us talking at the at the top of this conversation of like FinTech touching so many different industries and then like having this much more greater like impact to be able to really change, you know, the world and level playing fields and and all of that good stuff that we strive for. But yeah, I think you do have to like intentionally, like it takes people in the industry to like intentionally be thinking about that and spreading that message, right? As opposed to, right, it being like just this weird like extension of financial services that people can't necessarily trust or like, I don't know, or even to this day, how many people I have to be like, yes, you do use fintech. Like it's this, it is on your phone. Um, You're using it all the time. Like, did you make any transaction today? But anyway, so I just think that when we have leaders, you know, like the people that inspire you and, you know, like yourself that are spreading these messages, then we can start to see more of the adoption and the awareness and the, especially in the different industries outside of just, I use fintech as my financial tool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Well, 
I am going to ask a few of my final questions. Some of my questions that I love to ask all of my podcast guests. So the first is to kind of be a little bit reflective to think back at your career and how you feel about your current position in the fintech industry and having overcome all of the things that an entire career en- encompasses. So with an emphasis on the positive difference between your current position and your starting points, what has been like the biggest takeaway throughout the career? For me, the biggest takeaway has been just the power of having a two-way relationship with your customer, in this case with players. When I began, you know, I began on the creative side, designing games and, you know, young, full of ideas and wanting to make kind of the games that I wanted to make. Fast forward many, many years, a few decades, you know, really seeing how that really doesn't work. What really works is you have some creative ideas, you have a passion, you connect with a community of people that share that, and then you start to feed off one another. And you're making, of course, you're trying to bring your vision to life, but you really are trying to do it in a way that also captures what it is that that, that audience wants, right? And somewhere in the middle, there's kind of a, a meeting up and a marriage of, of the ideas and, and the community, and then you start to really get magic. And I know some people don't necessarily agree with that in the gaming space. Some people do. I'm in the camp that really, really believes in that and sees the power of it, especially as games and the technology has evolved from into making what we call forever games now, right? Where it's not just you make a game, put it in a box, ship it, and you've got maybe an 18 month, you know, sort of timeline on your PL. Mm-hmm. But now you're looking at 10 years or more. And it really is about community and relationships. And I think that is just amazing. And that's where the power of fintech really comes in. It's like, gosh, if you're going to be transacting with you know, a community for that length of time, you really should understand that piece of the business just as much as you understand the business of making a game and marketing a game, but the the business of the business of games, you should really understand. (laughs) No, I think that's a great answer. And I know a tough question too, but the two-way aspect of it, I think that there's, you know, a common, it's almost underrated for businesses to realize like you literally can just talk and listen like it's not new information. We all know that this is like a thing we can do. It's just people don't always do it. Communication in general in our industry and society is like something we could all work on, especially in the, like the gaming industry is probably like is like an OG community when you think about it. Like, yes, there's social media now, but like gaming was way, way ahead of its time when it comes to like the community element of like what you can do for niche markets and and the products and offerings you can bring them. But anyways, if we need to be the change that we want to see, what change do you wish to see in fintech and how do you embody it? So the change that I really uh, am excited about now is, is something I've mentioned a few times on, on our dis- during our discussion, which is really that change of going direct to the consumer and going direct to the player. You know, it may sound funny to talk about direct to consumer to a broader fintech audience because Obviously, that's been something that's been around for a while. But when you look at games in the gaming space, direct-to-consumer is a relatively new thing. Some companies have been doing it for a while, but by and large, it's a pretty new kind of concept. And I'm really excited about that because of the power of just, we talked about community and unlocking, getting people more engaged and involved. And that's something that we really advocate. That's what Exola is all about, is going helping companies go direct 
And so for me, it's really advocating for that. It's, you know, helping people understand beyond just the technology of it. It's like, we can't just hand people the, the solution and say, here you go, plug this yeah. in and, and go off. But it's also helping people understand what are the best practices? How do we actually benefit from this? Uh, you know, it's, it's helping companies. I mean, this is exciting stuff. It's, you know, helping companies realize, okay, if I'm going to go direct, it's not just about putting a page up online or getting the software. I need to build muscle within my, my company that understands it. There's a, you know, I'm going from mobile user acquisition to a completely new type of user acquisition and going from very targeted ads to maybe more brand related ads. And so helping companies evolve that way as well uh, is part of the change that, you know, I'm part of and trying to affect out there in the world. Yes. Yes. And I love to see it. It's definitely something I'm a big advocate for. And it's in a way like one of the biggest things that will take our fintech industry to the next level and really help us touch all the different industries that, you know, we can really change and, and grow and, and scale for, for the better. So final question, tell us what we can expect from Exola next then, given all of the things we've talked about today. What you can expect from Exola next is we're going to continue leaning into everything game companies need to go direct to consumer. It's a very pat answer. Uh, but beyond that, we're looking at what things are happening uh, in the realm of games that can impact fintech and game companies will need. And what do I mean by that? Well, Web3, NFT, you know, those are two big things. So we have a number of, number of things that we're working on to tackle that uh, area to help game companies go in that direction should they want to. User-generated content, creator economies, that's what I'm personally really fired up about just the whole idea of commerce within a creator community that goes beyond just the one-way transaction. Now you have two-way transactions of money in, money out, all of that. And uh, I'm really excited to head in that direction. So we have, we're working on a number of solutions to address that. I mean, there's so much more, but those are the two big things. Just a few things, like a couple projects on your plate. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's awesome. I'm like so excited to see all of this scale and play out. And especially when it comes to, you know, helping users and gamers be the creators that they are and, and share that content. And, you know, you can help so much between education to to just helping more people have like an enjoyable moment of their day when they play a game that brings them joy. Right. Like, that's so awesome. Um, well, Chris, thank you so, so much for joining me on Humans of Fintech. This has been a wonderful conversation. So different than anything else I have done. So it is awesome to bring this to the readers and the listeners. So I appreciate you joining. Well, thank you, Nicole. I appreciate the opportunity to join. This has been fun. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. To hear our next story from another diverse leader, be sure to tune in next week. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our show and give it a five-star rating as it helps our message reach more people who want to find belonging too. 